0: So we're thinking about uh, feasting on the Sabbath, but before we do, a quick uh, hint of what we're going into next week. We're going to begin uh, a series of looking through the Book of Hebrews. It feels really a timely book. Uh, so we haven't had chance to dig into a book for a while, and Hebrews has come up in so many ways. So we would love you to join us uh, from next week as we begin to explore Hebrews. You might find that you want to have a read of it this week, so it's fresh. Back in your minds, we're going to be uh, exploring Hebrews together. Um, Do not come expecting croissants next week. Sorry, folks. But you might want to carry on bringing your coffee mugs um, because actually you might find that that's a good way of uh, sharing together. We're really happy that you drink uh, coffee through our service and you might want to use it at the end. It saves a little bit of the environment. That's always great. We're going to think about the Sabbath for a few moments before we wrap up our time together. And the Sabbath is one of those things that in theory we all think is a brilliant idea. But we live in a world that is so busy that it often remains a good idea. I want to suggest today that Beginning to practice or continuing to practice or making the practice of Sabbath an important part of how we feast on God is actually a great way of standing in defiance against the busyness of this world. We're all busy, aren't we? That's the first thing lots of you say to me, i had a really busy week. Do you know what? We are a busy people. We are a busy people. But right at the beginning, as Becky has read to us, God sets the DNA of this world to include a day of rest. Great, isn't it? You all look really scared. I don't know what I've done to you this morning, but you're all a bit like, yeah, Claire, you're going to say some great things, and that's going to be really lovely, but what on earth am I going to do? Well, hold those thoughts. Let's let's dive into that passage that Becky just uh, read to us for a moment. And uh, just that little verse in the, uh, chapter two, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. I dream of that day. When you finish the to-do list, has anyone ever made it to the end of a to-do list? Has anyone ever completed everything they said they were going to do? Some people are saying once, that's brilliant. I need to be your friends, teach me how to do it. God got to the end of his work he'd been doing. Wow, hold that. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day. Now hold that. We've just had the rest of the passage read to us and we, there are three things that God blesses in Genesis chapter one. First, he blesses the place, the place of Eden. He says this is a blessed place. He then blesses people. So blesses Adam, and Eve, humanity. And then he blesses a day. Isn't that interesting? He blesses a day. Hold that thought. And then he makes it holy. He started something that we know as the Sabbath. In the Hebrew, it's Shabbat. Uh, there are a few Hebrew words in here. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so don't question my pronunciations. But what does Sabbath mean in the Hebrew? What does Shabbat mean? It means to stop, to cease. But it means more than that. It means to rest, to celebrate and to delight. So the first thing you need to forget is the Sabbath is not a day where you sit with your feet up and do nothing. Now, however nice that sounds, you will probably have a very lovely day, and your Sabbath may include some of that, but it's not the full picture. I am sure that none of you have ever had a day where you just sat with your feet up all day and literally did nothing. Sounds great. Okay, few of you have. I need to be your friends as well. Show me how to do that. But this is what the Shabbat means, to stop, to cease, to rest And I love these two bits, to celebrate and to delight. Hold those thoughts. And God said, I'm going to bless this day. I'm going to bless this day. Now, the Hebrew word barak, I believe, that's what Google told me, uh, says that it is to make more life. It's linked to procreating. It is a day where more life is generated. Now, that's interesting because it's around... Life-giving things. Around restoration. It's not, I am blessing this day, as a very nice piece of words, and off we go. Blessing actually means something that gives life to you, that brings life into your body. But also, he says, in that little verse there, that the day was holy. Holy means set apart. Quadosh. Maybe. To set apart for God, to dedicate and to delight in the Lord. So the Shabbat was a day to stop, to delight and to celebrate, to slow down, a day that is blessed, that should be life-giving, restorative. It is a holiday, a holy day. See what I did? That's where we get the link from. It's the day we set apart. It looks different from the other days. It looks different from the other days. So what do we do on a Sabbath? John Mark Comer has some great uh, podcasts around all kinds of spiritual disciplines, but there's a great one on the Sabbath called Fight, Hustle, End, Hurry, and I nearly just played it to you. <laughs> because I listen to him, so I can't say all of that. It's amazing. So you might want to have a listen. But he brings out four things that you should do on the Sabbath. Stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping. Stopping, resting, delighting, and worshiping. Let's think about those four things. What does stopping mean? <laughs> hmm. Stopping working stopping thinking about working. So there was a giggle around the room. Stopping planning, stopping overthinking, stopping spending, stopping being busy. I could go on, just stop. Do you get the idea? It's not about just physically your body stopping. It's about allowing your brain to stop as well. Now, I can do my body stopping My brain stopping is really hard because as soon as I begin to stop, my brain kicks in. 10 o'clock at night when you're just about to go to bed and you remember the thousand things you should do before tomorrow, or you start worrying about that problem or that person, whatever it is. So it's really interesting that the Shabbat isn't just about stopping our bodies, which is great, but it's about stopping with our minds as well. And that is a real challenge. How do we do that? Walter Brueggemann, who's written loads about this, suggests that people who keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. Now, what do I mean by that? You cannot stop if the other six days are too full of stuff. Because you're probably of the mindset where you are so busy that you get to the seventh day, whatever that Shabbat day is for you, and you're either completely and utterly exhausted to do any of the things that you should do that are restorative on the day. I can't go to church. I'm too tired. I can't go and hang out with other God's people. I'm too tired. I just need to stop. Or actually, you get to, this is my problem, I get to my Shabbat day and I do all of the life admin. Because I've worked hard all week and I've got children and I've got busy. Brilliant. Friday comes and I've just got a different kind of list. You know, it's the kind of like, I really should clean the bathroom list and I really should do that and I really should do that. It's still a list of oughts. We need to learn to live within the constraints of the sixth days so that the seventh day can be set apart, can look different. And that's really not easy. We have to look at the whole week. Are you trying to achieve too much in a week? Another nervous giggle around the room. Is your brain finding spaces within the week to rest so that when you come to a Friday, you can stop your brain overthinking? How we live the other six days will affect whether we can stop on the seventh. I've got some more tips on that in the way. Resting is the second thing that John Mark Comer suggests we do. That might be a really good lie-in. That sounds nice. But actually, resting is way more than just sleep. Restfulness that produces an environment for you to enjoy life, your world, and your God. That's why we started with that first question. What brings you joy? What do you love to do? What do you kind of, I don't know, you go for a beautiful walk, and you come at the end, and you go... Oh, that's exactly what I needed. Exactly what I needed. For me, going to new places is the most restorative thing in the world. And if I can go one way to get there and a different way to get back, I'm a happy bird. I love it. I love it. It's an adventure in me. To go somewhere new, a different walk, even if I go backwards on a walk I've done before, I'm happy. Because it's a new place, something that restores me. I find that restorative. It helps me rest. I wonder where you find a restfulness, a restfulness. And I wonder what stops you from doing that. That was one of the other questions that we had. The four, third thing that John Mark suggests you should do on a... Uh, Sabbath is to delight. And this comes from those words at the beginning about blessing and holiness. What do you love to do? What did you say at the beginning would be completely a way of you delighting in the fact you had some time to do things? If anybody said the hoovering, no one said the hoovering, that's good. Sabbath helps us delight in the good things of God. It helps us feast on the good things of God. It helps us slow down and stop and go, I'm going to have a day where I'm going to delight in all of the amazing things he has given us. It's an invitation to delight. It's an invitation to enjoy the gifts that God has given you. There are some beautifully creative people in this church. And often their creativity is squeezed by busyness. Is there a space where you can delight in being creative, dancing, making worship music, whatever it is for you? Perhaps you're not creative like me. What do you delight in doing? How, does it, how do you delight in the good gifts that God has given you? I listen to a lot of worship music on my Sabbath because it helps me to think about the gifts the blessings that God has given. And that leads us into the last thing, worshiping. You see, you could have a really lovely day, delighting and doing all the lovely things you do. But if you don't add worship into the mix, you will not be restored in the way that God promises. A Shabbat, a Sabbath, should help you enjoy being with God. The best will in the world, six days, it's quite hard to have decent time just reading his word, hanging out with Jesus, enjoying some extended time with him. A Sabbath should help us tune into the life giver. A Sabbath should help us uh, really tune in to what he's saying. A, sa- a Sabbath should help us lay down the worries of the previous week with God so that we can be restored to start the next week. Worship is a big word, and it might be that it's in song for you or in worship uh, through painting or drawing or whatever it is. But also, worship can be finding beauty in a good book. Worship can be walking along a beach. Worship can be having a meal with friends and engaging with them. What what are you thanking God for this week as you eat your pudding? Worship is a big word. To encounter God is what it really means. So let's have a pause for a moment. I've really quickly gone through those four things. Which one's for you? do you find easy? Is it stopping, resting, delighting, worshipping? Is it any of them? Which one's harder? Which one's harder? We're just going to have a minute of silence. You might want to think about this some more in the week, but just a moment to think about what do you find easy to do and which one is harder? Very quickly with the person next to you. Share the one thing you find easy to do. You can keep the hard one to yourself for now, but which one do you find easy? If you haven't got one, <laughs> I'm really sorry, you're gonna have to share your hard one. Which one do you find easy to do? another 30 seconds so make sure people get a chance to share. Okay, we could probably talk about that a little bit longer. Maybe you want to use the space after the service, you don't have to rush off. Uh, to talk about that but let's just think of some top tips shall we now these really are Claire's tips you can find much wiser people but as somebody who's been trying really hard to make sure that I tune into the DNA of the way God made the world and have a Sabbath here are a few top tips some of them are out of scripture some of them are just things I've tried that have kind of worked so you might want them or you might not top tips If we look in the Old Testament at how the Jews made their Sabbath, their Sabbath, unlike us who think about days beginning at midnight and ending at midnight, the Jews always began with an evening meal and ended with an evening meal. So Saturday evening to Sunday evening, for example, or Friday evening if you were a Jew, till Saturday evening. Now that's interesting that's interesting. And they would always begin with a meal, lighting a candle, having words connected to that meal. Uh, we, if we have a Shabbat meal, would share communion in one way or another. And it's a way of pausing and getting everything done beforehand. Even if it's just writing everything on a list and saying, these are all the things I haven't done this week. I'm leaving them on a list. It's a helpful thing. And then you start in the evening. And then you finish with the evening meal. Now, for our busy lives, actually, think about that. You've got a whole day in pre- to prepare for, a shab- for your Shabbat, to get as much done as you can, perhaps get the food, shopping done, whatever it is you need to do. And then you begin with a the meal. Then you end with the meal the next day. And you've still got time to get yourself ready for the next day. Isn't that interesting? Rather than waking up on, say, a Monday morning and thinking, I've got so much to do because I took the day off yesterday. Maybe that's just me. The school uniform isn't ironed, and you know all of that. But actually, if we go meal to meal, we've still got some time to park the week and to prepare for the oncoming week. Just a suggestion. The second thing, and this is what I found really helpful, choose a day, stick with it for six months. Now, for many of us, that is a Sunday, so Saturday night through to Sunday evening. For some of us, it's a bit different, uh, and you might want to choose a day. Stick with it for six months. Of course, you'll change how you do things and how it works, but don't give up after two weeks and say, well, that didn't work, Claire. No, it probably won't after two weeks. Believe me, this is a whole change of the way we live. But actually, have a go for six months. Now, this one's tricky. How do you unplug your mind in the best way? You probably turn off your screens. Stopping your email, saying goodbye to WhatsApp groups. There are great things on your phone to help you do that. Um, you know, so one of my concerns about turning the phone off was what will happen if one, the kids need me and they can't get through? I've just got them on a different ringtone so I can ignore all the other people on my Shabbat and just have their ringtone. Rich's made it as well, pleased. Rich and the kids on the Shabbat, that's what's needed. Turning our screens off is good for our minds. It's not necessarily about our bodies. Mind you though, your thumbs will thank you. It's about turning off your screens How you do that, I'd love a whole session on that. Someone can do that. Keeping a balance of stopping, resting, delighting and worshipping, I think is really helpful. I'm hoping that our first part of our time together has helped you have a little glimpse of how we've done that. We've done some worshipping together. We've stopped and had some food together. I'm you've enjoyed being with one another. Uh, that's a, a, a glimpse of what could be as we develop a Shabbat. But trying to have a balance of all of these is a really helpful thing. Now, that doesn't mean you turn them into a to-do list. I can see some of you already going, between 9 and 10, I'm going to worship. And between 10 and 12, we're going to rest. And I can see it because that's me. I do that too. But finding a way to make space for these things is really significant. And that means you can lay down some guilt. Anyone ever feel guilty when they start doing something that they enjoy doing? Dave's got his hands up, and he's the one that's been honest. Yeah, Kenny's got his hands up. We have to learn to lay the guilt down, friends. God rested. I wonder whether he had 101 other things he thought he might create, but he got, do you know, I got to six days. It's good, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? We're going to pause. We are going to lay down the guilt. And you will have a battle with that, my friends, just like I do. But this is the DNA of the way God made the universe. <laughs> you can argue with God about it if you would like. Have a nap. Just put it in there because it really helps me. <laughs> 20 minutes, apparently, is what you need. So have a nap. Enjoy it. I told you, you can. And the final tip I have is adapt your Sabbath for the seasons. When we had really, really small children, our Sabbath looked very, very different to what it does now. And... uh Actually, there's bits of our Sabbath where the kids are off doing different things without us because that's what they delight in doing or they find restful. When they leave home, our Sabbath will look a bit different again. It might even be on a different day. We have to adapt our Sabbath. Just because something worked 10 years ago probably won't work now. And also you have to adapt it for the season you're in, not just the life stage. So, you know, this week ironically, I didn't get a Sabbath because we were so busy and somebody had a birthday and it just all didn't work. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm preaching on it. So there's my confession. The Sabbath didn't happen this week. But do you know what? I could feel guilty about that. Instead, I had a nap yesterday and it was great. Uh, But actually, uh, we have to adapt it to the different seasons. And just because it didn't work one week doesn't mean you won't try the next week. We have to be people who find what works for us. God's call isn't that all of our Sabbaths look the same. God's call is, is that we have one. That we have one. That is a day that is blessed. A day that is holy. Different. Set apart I've said a lot in a very short amount of time. You are not going to process and plan and organize all of this in the next three minutes whilst we're singing our final song. You're not. so have a think. what is God saying to you, and what is He inviting you to do about it? If I can have the band up, please. Having thought about this, we're going to make sure that the um, notes go online if you want them uh, so that you can think about how you can, in the next season, Sabbath in a way that helps you rest, in a way that helps you stop, that helps you delight and helps you to worship. There's a lot you need to think about in the coming week. As I said at the beginning, or Becky said at the beginning, we're not going to have coffee at the end. But you are very welcome to stick around afterwards, continue the conversations, just catch up or you can disappear. That's fine. But what is God saying to you? And what is he inviting you to do about it? Don't leave today without at least perhaps on your phone or on a piece of paper writing a few things down for you to process through the week. Let's stand together, shall we? Lord God, we can't (laughs) say to you right now, we've got this sorted. (laughs) Some of us might do, in which case we celebrate with them. But for many of us, in a busy world with many demands on each of us, some from our own self and many from others, this is a balancing and a challenging thing for us. But we hear your invitation you invite us to a day of delight. You invite us to a day where we can rest. You invite us to a day that is different from the rest of the week because you know it's what we need. You know it is how we were made. And so whilst we don't have all the answers, we want to say to you, Lord, we want to take this seriously. Help us to learn to feast on the Sabbath to enjoy accepting your invitation to have a Sabbath. And I pray for each of us. Give us the wisdom we need to work out how to do this well. Help us have helpful conversations that encourage one another. And help us to try, even if we don't get it right, help us to try. Because this is an invitation and we want to accept it. Let's worship together as we have our final song.